Once upon a time, there was a young, very capable, very talented, and very much underestimated young woman. Her life had been so far spent in absolute luxury. Wealthy was an understatement, privileged and entitled. She had, on the surface, want for nothing. Yet, every moment of her existence was mapped out for her. Her family saw to her education, her social circles, and as this tale goes, even who she would marry. She watched as suitors competed, suffered and failed to traverse the gauntlet her family constructed in order to find her an eligible partner. As time went on, however, it became more about entertainment for them, a cruel game invented around the notion of marrying her off, the winner inheriting a vast fortune and title. The young woman had no desire to be wed, no one to share her life. In fact, all she truly yearned for was for her freedom. And this is a tale about how she took fate into her own hands. Welcome to our latest mini-adventure. Uh, we are joined this time by some of the gang from DCUH, or Don't Call Us Heroes. And we are very, very lucky to have Sean, Joe and Tim here with us for this totally professional uh, adventure that I didn't, you know, blind panic write a couple of days ago and then edit all of it again this morning. <laughs> and I will shut up. And it's over to Sean, Joe, and Tim to say hello and pimp out their amazing show. Uh, Sean, that's all you, bud. Thank you guys for having us on. Uh, of course, uh, we're on uh, Don't Call Us Heroes, where we're anything but heroes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sean didn't prepare at all. <laughs> you, you should have been like, yo, this is Sean Daddy from Don't Call Us Heroes. <laughs> Hey, this is Sean from Don't Call Us Heroes, where I have a per perpetual migraine by my players. I, I think your tagline should be, we ain't got a fucking tagline. <laughs> We're a podcast with attitude. Just... <laughs> as well as the guys from uh, Don't Call Us Heroes, we are joined by Amber, Louise, and I was about to say Nate. Sam. Watch your fucking back. <laughs> well, but I thought this was a friendly podcast. <laughs> Uh, no. no, fuck you. <laughs> I'm here to fuck with you, asshole. <laughs> Two podcast center, one podcast leaves. We were we were very very lucky to guest spot uh, with the guys uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, without further ado, let's let's kick this off. Both parties, as clients, either by choice uh, or by desperation, uh, you had signed up to Rosgrave Purse's D8 services. And while you may have not had the best of luck with it, uh, an opportunity has come by your hands that seemed a little too good to pass up uh, as word that the famous Direhart family were looking for would-be suitors to take their daughter's hand in marriage along with the vast Direhart fortune. Rosgrave Purse has been personally tasked with finding formidable suitors to take on the challenge of marriage uh, to Amelia Raven Direhart, and 
hasn't really found many people really chomping at the bit to get their teeth into into that money. You are, are, are one of only two people who've applied for the position of husband uh, or wife. With that, Roz has invited you to meet with her in the Yellow Cauldron Tavern for a private discussion. And I think, uh, to be fair to our, our guests, I think I'm going to put the pressure on our own team to start with. Sam, Louise, and Amber, uh, you have rocked up to the Yellow Cauldron. Uh, it's a late evening in the city of Tezrab. Despite the kind of the, the day that was in it and the heat that still lingers in the air, you see the Yellow Cauldron is pretty quiet. For a, a pub in the centre of the city, it hasn't got a lot of customers milling around. And as you make your way inside, there's a there's a attention in the air that seems to be resonating out of one corner and with the tension it's perfumed with the very very heavy aroma of cigarette smoke as sam you lay eyes on the burnt golden eyes of a rather curvaceous uh, gray and white tabaxi she makes eyes at you and beckons you over along with your companions I turn to uh, my companions and I, I, I um, lead, lead them toward this uh, this tabaxi lady. I say, uh, 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 Ros Grapehurst, I presume. Uh huh. Name. Oh, uh, uh, absolutely, of course. Uh, my name is uh, Sergeant Boublaise. I am a military man. I, 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 I believe we have a, an appointment. Uh huh. I'm going to need the names of your female friend and whatever the hell that thing is. You understand that there's paperwork that needs to be signed here, NDAs, life assurance, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, so spit it out. Come on. Name, height, weight, physical description, all that malarkey. Oh, uh, yes. Well, uh, as, as you can see, as, 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 I, as I say, Sergeant Boublaise, I am a military man. I am, I, I am a, a, a good six foot two, black hair with a, a bit of a salt and pepper sheen on it, some greys, I, I, I suppose, in, in my uh, later years. Uh, I, 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 I like to think I am somewhat handsome. I sort of look to Beth for uh, reassurance. <laughs> yeah, yes, uh, thank you. Um, uh, uh, will that uh, do, I, I, I suppose? Uh-huh. And she, she's been scratching uh, with a, a rather fluffed, uh, plumed quill, and then she slides the paper and the quill over towards you. You need to sign here, 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 in triplicate, initial this and date. And the rest of you, come on. I haven't exactly got all day, and this drink isn't exactly bottomless, if you know what I mean. Well, my name is Bethany Ann Bubbles. I am a six foot five half orc with long, dark raven hair. Is there anything else you need? Um, no, Miss Bubbles. You, you can you can sign this, and she slides a a piece of paper towards you. That thing next to, well. The the scaly thing. Is that is that the familiar you were asked to bring? Oh yes, this is this is Buttercup. My unicorn. Just growl and kinda of hiss at her. And I'm assuming it's had its shots. Oh, uh, uh yes, absolutely. She's uh, uh, uh vaccinated, uh aren't you, aren't you Bethany? Uh she's had her uh MRNA, she's had her uh she's had uh, you know, uh all all the appropriate vaccinations, yes, absolutely. She's uh, healthy as a horse, aren't you, dear? Yes, Daddy. She's kind of built like one, too. Um, <laughs> before I pass you on the details, Mr. Bubbles, I have one question for you. Uh, 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 it's it's Boublaise. Uh, That's what I said. 
before I give you the information as to where to go to partake in the contest, and it's now a contest because one other sad sap has decided to enter, what exactly are you hoping to get out of all of this? Uh, well, uh, as you can see, my, my beautiful daughter, she is uh, on her way to becoming a, a woman, and um, she shall be uh, departing very shortly from my life, and uh, you know, uh, as such, I, I am in need of some companionship. Moving forward, uh, perhaps a, a role mo model for my daughter. She she moves into her womanhood. Um, yes. Um, uh, uh, so, sorry, just uh, give me a moment. Um, Mr. Bubbles, if you don't mind me saying, dogs can provide as much companionship as you require. <laughs> uh, well, well, I, I I hope that's not relevant in in this particular case, but uh, we shall see. And <laughs> <laughs> she looks Bethany up and down. Uh, very good, then. You and your daughter and that thing are to make your way east out of the city and look for the first sign for the Direheart country home and estate. There you will be greeted by the Direhearts and the gauntlet will begin when the other party arrives, whenever they drag their sorry asses out of what gutter hole they've fallen into. Uh, 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 very good, thank you uh, very much. You've been uh, most kind. Uh-huh. She grabs the rest of the papers that were on the table and she swipes them into a bag uh, and goes to light up another cigarette as she waits for you to leave and the next party to arrive. And it's about this time that uh, Ronchi D and Jojo de Alpha rock up as Sergeant Bubbles, Bethany and Buttercup leave. You kind of cross paths. The, the Yellow Cauldron would not be a happening spot for the likes of Jojo and Raunchy D. You're usually found in the warehouse district in the underground clubs. On seeing Jojo stepping in, a little part of Roz Greypurse's soul withers away as she finally reconnects the name to many, many complaint letters she has received. With the gauntlet in mind, finally Roz sees an opportunity that maybe Jojo will meet his maker at the end of all of this and will be one less problem for Roz Greypurse to deal with. I walk in, I see you right away. I point both my fingers at you. I go, what time is it? <sighs> it's showtime. Yeah, yeah, showtime. <laughs> What's up, Rosie, baby? What's up? Uh, you got another hit for me or what? Yeah, you got, you got, a, you got a sweet honey I, for my boy over here? Oh, God. I, uh, I sit down really, really like a giant <laughs> asshole. I plop myself down, giving zero crap that... She doesn't like me. Throw my feet up on the table, kind of kick back, you know, and start teetering on like hind legs. And I start just smiling at you. Well, what's up, Rosie? How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> um, Roz has just kind of got two fingers on her temples, and she's just rolling it. I thought I smelled desperation eking across the city air. Jojo, my number one client. How does the day fare you? Great, great, great. Oh, it was great. Had a great night down by the docks. Found these two sweet little quarterlings. Had a little fun time. Sent them home in a carriage. Because you know that's how I do. And uh, now I'm here. Uh, you got uh, you got more fun time for me or what? Uh, she she kind of looks away from you, Jojo. Uh, she kind of looks at you, Raunchy. I'm assuming you've had him screened and, and deloused ahead of this. Nope. I don't know what that means, but sure. My boy doesn't need to be here. ran out the apothecary when he tried to look for it. Quiet, you. 
uh, Roz takes out a bunch of paperwork. She starts writing in the details. For the purposes of the gauntlet, you are going to need to sign a non-disclosure agreement. That means, Jojo, you have to keep your mouth shut. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, no problem. No problem. What do you want me to sign? You want you want my stats again? You always ask me my stats. I'm starting to think you got a little thing for me, Razia. Yeah? I've got a big thing for you, Jojo, and it's called a quarter staff, and I'm hoping to beat you to death with it soon. <laughs> um, You're a filthy flirt, you know that? <laughs> I've been called worse. Now, I'm yes, I'm, I'm going to need your stats for the insurance policies that I'm being very careful in taking out and not hoping with every fiber of my being to cash in. You're so sweet. I'm 6'2", 250 pounds, half orc from the orky shore. Pretty much gelled hair. Green, gold chain, as heavy as the... (laughs) As as heavy as a halfling. And very, very big sunglasses. Again, she's just scrawling it all down. And she she slides the paper, uh, several stacks of it towards you, Jojo, and 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 a quill to start signing. And then, uh, Raunchy D, she begins to pull out a bunch of paperwork for you as well. Okay. In that case, my name is Raunchy D. I'm a three foot one kobold with reddish bronze skin, what appears to be little ticks between my scales. Yeah, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a fighter that's all about helping my bro get his honeys on. Roz just kind of takes a deep breath in and just lets out just this sigh and then nudges the paperwork halfway across the table as she eyes the the ticks between her scales and then reaches into her her purse and gets out Bactine and everything that she possibly can (laughs) and she starts sanitizing her hands. And the little doohickey that you don't flash around everywhere is called... I climb up onto the table. As you can see, I'm a foot tall. Well, as you can also see, I'm a burlap sack stuffed with straw. And my name? Professor Lagabalus. I was a professor for Jojo before finding out that he had slept with my wife. In a fit of rage, I ran out into the stormy night into my carriage to hunt down this miscreant. As my carriage was dashing through the rain, I took a turn too hard and crashed into a traveling necromancer and died. As revenge for destroying his carriage and wares, the necromancer returned my soul from beyond and placed me into this doll, binding me to Jojo as punishment. Now I must follow him till the end of our days, which couldn't be soon enough. Jojo, you said you were going to get a mute button installed on that. I'm sorry. (laughs) He gets really annoying, I know. (laughs) I tried to set him on fire. He's fireproof. That might come in handy yet, who knows. Right, your paperwork's all in order. There's a carriage just outside to take you to the Direheart estate. Oh, Raunchy, you hear that? Oh, carriages are here, let's go! Smash, 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 Yeah, you're getting it, you're getting it, you'll get there. Don't worry, Teach, don't worry. Roz grips the the edge of her quarterstaff, her knuckles turning white, and she's like, yes, smash. And she's, and then she takes a breath and not today, Roz. Not today. Um, as you, as the, as the three of you head out, chanting "Smash," 
with the professor somberly uh, following in the chant. Be on your best behavior, Jojo. And you're not the only ones, by the way. This is a contest. <laughs> best of luck and may the most desperate one win. Don't oh, worry, Roz. I saw that guy. He's a beta if I ever seen one. Yeah, it ain't a contest for my bro. Oh, please kill me. Okay. <laughs> Ross is having the same thoughts. <laughs> um, tri- tri- as you... <laughs> I was going to say, at the end, Roz takes the doll and they fall in love and run off happily ever after. <laughs> Jojo and, and Ronchi, as you head out with Teach uh, following behind, you do see that there is a rather large carriage. The door is open and inside you can hear a squeaky kind of southern drawl that seems to be kind of listing off all the things that uh, they're going to buy when their daddy marries uh, Amelia Direhart for the fortune. Inside the carriage, you spy a middle-aged human with peppered black hair, a half-orc woman with very badly dyed black and blue hair, and this twisted green, almost chupacabra-like creature uh, draped around her shoulders. Holy shit, if that's not a grenade, I've never seen one before. <laughs> What's up, baby? How you doing? Is that your daddy? You want me to be your daddy? Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Daddy, you're uh, uh, a strange uh, uh, man. Yes, indeed. Who, 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 who are you, good sir? I'm your competition, beta boy. Oh, <laughs> very funny. Competition. Yes, you. Um, sorry. Uh, what, 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 what are you? What are you? Who are you? I take the little doll, pick it up, and I put it in his face and say, Tell him, Teach! Uh, this is Jojo! He's the orc daddy from Orky Shore. He's gonna smash your daughter. Uh, very good, very good. I, 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 I reach into my pocket and I pull out uh, a shiny copper and I go, uh, there you are, uh, uh, young sir. Um, I say, and I turn to Bethan and I say, um, don't mind him, dear, he's, um... I think he's a, uh, you know, a little bit less fortunate than us. He seems he's 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 a young boy that plays with dolls. Is he a degenerate daddy? Uh, uh, I, br- <laughs> I bring my hand up to my face. Say, yes, dear, he's a degenerate. You shouldn't probably say that out loud. We must be polite. Your daughter's got real fancy words. Uh, in, in, indeed, she does. Yes, yes, she does have good words. You know, there's there's there, there are these things that are absolutely marvelous. You must uh, look at them. They're called books. Don't worry, I've already tried that. You're barking up the wrong oh. tree. Doesn't work. <laughs> uh, uh, that's a marvelous little doll you have, actually, to be fair. I might want one for myself. Uh, where did you get that? Uh, I banged his wife. I don't know the rest, but he just showed up like this. Okay, then. Very good. Um, uh, dear, I think we should probably be on the move. <laughs> there is a hip-squeak uh, voice uh, that comes from the driver's seat of, of the carriage. Is that everybody on board, then? Uh, uh, I think so, yes. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I'm your driver, Tiny Thomas, and we're heading off now. And the, literally, the carriage just jolts forward. Everybody give oh. me a deck saving throw. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's been so long since I used actual hmm. dice. <laughs> 18. 12. Uh, 13. Most of you are are, are fine, uh, except uh, Jojo, when you, because you were were still holding the professor, uh, and as the carriage kind of uh, jolts forward, he falls to the ground with a rattle. That then kind of triggers Ronchi to kind of look down and lose his bearings as the 
as the carriage kind of jolts forward and then it kind of settles into itself and you just uh, you face plant into the window of the carriage door uh, you can you can taste a little bit of blood in your mouth where you've definitely lost a tooth possibly maybe the carriage ride is a delightful sojourn that we will blissfully gloss over but it does take some time to head out of the city and traverse around Lake Capulet towards the Direheart estate as you trundle on down the road uh, you see the landscape shifting as you move out of the cityscape to the lake shore, the, the dirt roads that lead around it, the simple peasant villages that dart uh, and mark the landscape. And then all of a sudden you turn off a dirt road onto a rather well-maintained paved surface uh, and Tiny Thomas alerts you that you're almost to the Direheart estate. And at either side, as, as you peer out the window, you just see huge fir trees that... Uh, act as like a, a, a natural barrier and just up ahead as you peer out and the sun begins to dip below the horizon and it starts to get much darker you see the glistening lights coming from the windows of the Direheart country home estate and there's a knock on the roof of the carriage we're here sirs and missus is he, he plops himself down uh, and he opens the door to the carriage and just a a waft of nature kind of hits you the smog and the noise and the dust and the dirt and the the smell of so many people congregating in the city is like a faint memory as you breathe in uh, fresh air uh, and privilege that just wafts from the ma- uh, from the mansion i will exit first and i will uh, extend my hand to beth ann to help her out of the carriage and i say remember now beth ann we must be on our best behavior oh daddy yes but you promised I can have the biggest room here, yes? Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I will do everything within my power, uh, uh, sweetie, yes. Jojo, Ronchi? I, uh, I aggressively grip the top of the carriage and swing my legs out like a complete trashy degenerate and land outside, and I look up at the little guy and go, Listen, I know you're a kid. You try that again, I'm going to hit you. You got me? <laughs> of, course, of, of course, sir. And uh, he, he he moves to the safety of the horses. I look over at Ron Chidi and I go, You see that? That's being alpha. Yes, yes, quite alpha. I have much to learn from you, bro. Um, As I just with... kind of do the finger eyes looking at the driver, even though I'm probably the same height as him. Uh, g- g- give me an intimidation check, Ron Chidi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Soft 20. Uh, he, you can actually hear his knees knocking, um, uh, because between Jojo's, I won't even call them veiled threats, they were just threats, um, <laughs> and, and now you kind of giving him, like, the, the evil eye or the stink eye, he, he cannot wait to get out of here any faster. Stepping out, you just see these huge 15-foot high walls that seem to hug the edges of the property. And though you had passed through uh, an outer uh, ring of walls, this seems to be mostly kind of around the the mansion itself. And there, kind of in the middle of it, you just see this wroth black iron gate with spindling ironworks that depict galloping horses. Uh, It's all very intricate and amazing, and they've been kind of gold-flecked with paint. And they, they groan open as trotting out towards you you see a small flurry of servants dressed in their fine clothing between these these two lines of, of servants 
gracefully crossing the courtyard. You see in his finest regalia, uh, his chest puffed up, a white wig atop his head with two faint purple horns kind of twisting out at either side of it, a tail drooping behind him, and an, an elderly thiefling carrying a silver tray with very tall, fluted glasses uh, filled with a bubbling liquid. I am Charles Brokney. I am the butler at arms here at the Diahart Country Estate. You are the chosen contestants for the gauntlet, I assume. Uh, yes, we are, absolutely. As uh, Sergeant Bublaze at your service, and my uh, wonderful, beautiful daughter, uh, Beth Annie Bublaze. Charmed. Refreshments? I wouldn't call it a gauntlet. Old man over here is going to go home in a bag. Indeed. I uh, just, I lean into Beth Ann and I say, um, just be very careful, Beth Ann. That poor boy seems to have knocked his head. Yes, daddy. And I kind of, I, I, I wink in Jojo's direction when my dad's back is turned. If you would follow me to the main house, the Diahart family are awaiting your arrival. And he's still holding the tray full of champagne glasses. I'll grab two and give one to uh, Bethany. And I clink it against my dad's. Buttercup, what are you doing at this point? So I'm I'm like draped over her shoulders, yeah? Yeah. Can I try to like stretch out and get my, just my tongue in the glass and just like... Yeah, give me a give me a dex roll. <laughs> good tongue dex roll. Uh, I'm not that good at that. That was only a nine. The smell of the alcohol basically hits you, and it's like, oh yeah, that's that's the stuff that numbs the pain of existence uh, in Beth Ann's company. <laughs> um, you you reach for it kind of with grabby hands, and then you remember, oh yeah, I've got a tongue that I can dart out with, but you don't manage to get it into the glass as you just basically slime around the rim of the glass. That's fine. I still ruined her day. Hey, whoa, Jojo, what the fuck is that? Uh, I, I grabbed two glasses, and uh, Raunchy thinks I'm going to bring him one, but I literally just drink one all in one gulp, and then I pour the other one on the doll. Uh... There you go, buddy. Gotta sip some of the bubbly. It's a high life. Yeah, this is going to be great trying to get mold out of this burlap. Thanks. <laughs> Are you guys still seeing this? What the fuck is that thing? Professor, give me a... Just give me an intelligence check. Okay. Nine plus zero, so nine. Not a very good professor. <laughs> um, <laughs> you think it's some form of possibly a pseudo-dragon that, you know, maybe the pseudo-dragon's mom and dad were brother and sister. It does appear <laughs> from my expert, you know, background in professoring that uh that is a a sudsy dragon from the one of the the hill folk <laughs> yes a sudsy dragon of the hill folk yes i studied them for years in the wild very interesting creatures but don't get them wet after midnight <laughs> can i just take a swipe at him like can i just try and slap him claw him <laughs> yeah. yeah, give me give me a roll to hit. Uh, God damn it. Does a 10 hit? It does not. Uh, Professor, as you are as you are decrying the biology and the, the, the origins of, of this fabled Sudsy Dragon, Buttercup's ears prick up as she listens to you 
get it all so very fucking wrong um, and naturally starts foaming at the mouth. She lunges from Beth Ann's shoulders at you with a kind of a swipe, but misses as you are only one foot tall. Oh, yeah. See, these sudsy dragons, Jojo, if you see the foaming around the mouth, that means it's mating season. See, they often have poor eyesight. He must or she must think that I am a, uh, a mate for it. You're, you're a nerd. You say a lot of things, but thanks. <laughs> the, uh, the butler sags, standing there. The he sags his shoulders defeated. <laughs> Charles Brokney, the butler, has been standing there the entire time listening to this. And he just, just kind of with a, <clears throat> um, if you are quite finished. And he looks at you, uh, Professor. Yes, um... This lesson for today is over. <laughs> Quiet. And he he moves back towards the house. Uh, as he does, the servants that had come out with him, they don't bother cleaning you, Professor, but where Jojo spilled the drink over you, they start wiping up the driveway, uh, ignoring you. They they start to clean the driveway. The, the estate, it's nothing like any of you would really have ever seen before. I mean, you've seen tall buildings in the city, of course, but this is, this is a house standing on its own. And you might have seen the flats, the old Flatstone estate, but this is, this is expensive looking, uh, even from the outside. You see that there is a, a sign planted at the front of the house, and it just says Gauntlet, and it points off to the east wing. As Charles arrives at the front door of the house, it is pulled open with a heavy groan, and immediately the smells of grandeur of aged timber, fine wine, cigar smoke washes over the the six of you. Inside, you just see this huge staircase that climbs and spins through the center of this entranceway. You see doors uh, and open hallways extend uh, to your left, to your right. You can hear chattering coming from all around you as there seems to be in more some of the other distant rooms, people chatting and conversing to themselves. There are servants dotted around, all of whom have their heads bowed, and all of them are wearing plain black masks, kind of like that... Um, Eyes wide shut? Yeah, <laughs> that's for later. <laughs> they all avert their gaze and look down as uh, Charles approaches. He claps his hard leather shoes together, uh, nods at all of you. I will let the diehards know that you have, of course, arrived. Please, do not touch anything and stay where I leave you and he kind of fixes an eye at the spot where the six of you are standing as the door shuts behind uh, you all and he saunters up the, the grand staircase is there anything any of you would like to do at this point uh, I will click my heels together and bring my fist up to my chest and hold sort of a military position ready for uh, who's to arrive I try to wring the wine out of my burlap self <laughs> as best as I can <laughs> <laughs> Anybody have any extra straw I can um, freshen up with? You can give me a, a constitution saving throw, Professor. Oh, natural 20. You'd, yeah, you you actually, yeah, you, you managed to wring 90% of it out. You know, what hadn't soaked into the straw, <laughs> but you, you managed to wring most of it out. And now there's just under you, there's just this dark little puddle because the champagne collected all the dirt that had soaked and the grime that had soaked into your burlap. And, and you've just made a mess on the floor under you. <laughs> yes, yes, the, the indignities never end. Now it's starting to smell where we, like where we, we hang out. I tap Buttercup on the nose. Make yourself useful. 
and have a look around and see if you can spot anything valuable. I hate you and I will kill you in your sleep. Can I turn into a bat and just like fly around and try and get a look at what's going on in here? You can, yeah, you can. Give me a a perception check, Buttercup, as you you all see the the horrifying uh, creature Bethan command uh, her familiar to ch- change and go snoop, uh, and the the creature transforms into a, a green bat that flutters and flaps uh, and circles uh, the lobby, having a nose around to see what it can spot. Well, I guess I'll take this moment to kind of just look around, or look over at Raunchy D, you know. Now this is fancy living, huh? Yeah, just imagine this place is yours, bro. Yeah, man. We have some really sweet parties here. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Going to be dancing 24-7. Oh, yeah. We'll be orc fisting. I got to come up with a better name for that dance move. It sounds really violent and sexual. No, 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 no. That's just you being an alpha. You know, you got an orc fist. Yeah, you're right. Good looking out, Raunchy. Anything, bro. You are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Buttercup, what did you get on your uh, perception check? Nine. Okay. So, you know, you being a bat and all, <laughs> perception, <laughs> echolocation is your friend here. But f- flapping around the room, you see the staircase kind of folds back and forth as it uh, spindles up around the house and each floor it is it's just uh, almost a labyrinth of hallways and doors with servants kind of flitting out but you do see standing on the second floor at these two large grand doors charles standing in the doorway it kind of partially open you can't see inside but he kind of he nods closes the door and stands guard like in front of it he lets he just kind of lets it all out for a moment as his gut and everything just kind of sinks, not knowing and not seeing you there. You don't really spot anything of I mean, everything looks valuable. The paintings look valuable, the tapestries look valuable. It all looks expensive. Not exactly the, the things that you know you can't exactly stuff under a blouse and walk out of the place with. But what you what you do spot is there's a there's a few more people here that are dressed a little they're they're, they're not exactly dressed for the country. They're very much dickied up. You're not really sure what... I mean, that could just be rich people. This is just what you assume all rich people wear. And as you fly back, you see... Or rather, you all hear just a very heavy, loud door bang shut. Flitting down the stairs in their finest attire are Monty and Daphne Direhart. Both humans. Monty with a rather plush, white beard and thick moustache fair-skinned with hair that barely clings to his scalp and dressed in a very very well-made tuxedo there is a gold monocle resting on his left eye and draped across his arm is a middle-aged woman pale-skinned red hair kind of done in a rather elegant braid that lays across her right shoulder she's wearing a shoulderless deep plum colored dress with a very long trail that seems to snail behind her down the stairwell and she's wearing a rather delicate looking white diamond necklace leading them down the stairs is the tiefling butler Charles, who, when he gets to the bottom, he waits for a moment, clears his throat with a... (coughs) May I present to you Lord and Lady 
dire heart. I come back and turn back into myself and wrap myself back around her shoulders. And as they're coming down, I just kind of whisper to her, Everything here is valuable, you fucking dumbass. Well, we just had to make sure they weren't fake wealthy like that stupid ex-fiancé of daddy's. I uh, will just let out a quick... <clears throat> and I will give uh, Bethany uh, a, a bit of side eye as to say, you know, we should probably bow slash curtsy here, you know, at the arrival of Monty and Daphne. You know, I say that all with that one side eye. <laughs> and, uh, with, it all comes yeah. across very well. <laughs> yeah, and with that, I I, 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 I I bow as deeply as I possibly can. I follow um, my daddy's lead and I curtsy. Okay. I don't. <laughs> I turn to Jojo and say, if you want to impress them, you should probably bow. Yeah, right shut up, now. Teach. Yeah. I walk like right up, making it like crazy awkward, completely oblivious to anyone else. And I'm like, yeah, what's up, old man? How you doing? Looking real snazzy. Um, Chives, I, I, I think this one may have gotten damaged on the journey over. <laughs> Why do people or keep perhaps, saying that? Uh, Lord Dyerheart kind of just uh, shakes his head. I am Lord Montefort Dyerheart. Uh, it's a an occasion to make your acquaintance, Mister. Name's Jojo. Jojo the Alpha. How you doing? <laughs> I am doing about as well as anybody could in this situation, Mr. Da Alpha. I mean, My obviously, wife, you, your cook's got chefs, and your chef's got cooks, and your cook has a nanny. How do you know all those things? My boy's got mad class. I'm all about the class. I'm all about the class. <laughs> as I wipe, my, I wipe my mouth with, like, my hand. Like, really inappropriately, just wipe away a little spit. <laughs> Monty, it's like, it's, like, it's like that time we went to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we think. You ever been to the gorilla cage? <laughs> she blinks at you. with like, She just full-on just blinks both eyes at you. She's no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's not. Um, I look back at Rancho, I'm like, she knows what's up. And yeah, and then she just looks up as you say this. <laughs> Ch- chives, be a good man and, and, and fetch the box. I'll have some of the other servants escort Mr. De Alpha. and I'm, I'm sorry, I we, we haven't received all the paperwork from Miss Graypurse. Uh, the rest of you... Uh, Sergeant Boublaise, at your service, Lord uh, uh, Mont- uh, Montefer uh, Flatsom, and uh, the, the most beautiful uh, Daphne. Thank you very much. And, uh, and, and of course, my daughter, uh, Bethany Boublaise. You, you said Sergeant Boublaise. Are you, by chance, a military man? Uh, yes, sir. I, I, I mean, your, uh, your lordship, I, I am indeed. Wonderful. Uh, may, I, may I inquire as to which regiment you served down? Uh, 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 the Queen's Regiment, of course. Oh, delightful, delightful. I'm not a military man myself, but, you know, I... Oh, you, su- you suddenly have the build, sir. <laughs> and he, he, he chortles and, uh, like, his whole body wobbles. Dee Dee here has a rather uh, a delicate nature about her, and talk of war and, and, and such is upsetting. You, you know, the, like, women folk and, uh, and battle, it doesn't really agree with their constitution. <laughs> yes, of course, of course, yes. He he kind of gives you kind of a, a smack on the back, uh, Sergeant Bubbles, and Jojo, he, he, he goes to give you kind of the same thing, and then it's just kind of a more of a, a pat than a, a hardy slap on the back. Uh, and as he pulls his hand away, it is just hair gel and grease. Mm. I'm going to say, before he could back all the way away, can I then, like, yank him back in and do one of those, like, bro, like, 
like come around with my arm and like on his back and be like, yeah, get in there, dog. Yeah, get in there, dog. Daphne, I, I, I think it's some sort of local custom. Daphne Eagle walks over to you, Ronchi D, extends a hand to try and do the same thing, like with a big grin on her face. Well, how do how delightful, how 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 delightful, Monty. And, and she sco- she scoops down to you, Ronchi D, to kind of try and pull you into the same sort of like hug slash slap on the back slash you know bra thing. You know, obviously I let her and I do the same thing back, and I go, Yo, Jojo, am I doing it right? Yeah, yeah. Now pull in real tight, be like. You with me? You with me? Go ahead. You can say it. I whisper. Uh, I whisper in her ear. You with me? You with me? <laughs> no, that's creepy. You know that's creepy, Raunchy. Oh, I went the wrong direction. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm married to Mortimer. She's no, I'm not with you. I'm, that's my husband. And she she points over at Monty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not familiar with this dialect, Monty, but it's it's quite I, stimulating. I sigh, <laughs> I, I sigh and say, ugh. No one's familiar with this dialect. <laughs> oh, an, an endangered culture, Monty. How, uh, how, how, how unique! Think, think of, think of what people would say if she was to marry one of these. One of what? Uh, one of uh, a gentleman of of your upbringing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple of servants have arrived again on the spot. One is trying to hold her stomach contents in, trying to mop up the mess from the professor. <laughs> and the others are preparing for uh, Lord and Lady Direheart. Our, our daughter, Amelia, will be joining us momentarily. We're going to head straight to the, the, the East Garden, where we've, we ha- we've had the, the labyrinth erected. You see that those hallways and the and the the doors here on the ground floor the doors are open and the hallways are kind of thronged with people all wearing eyes wide shut style masks with feathers and gilded edging beautiful beautiful glossy paint all in various different shapes and styles and so on and so forth man they sure got a lot of superheroes working for them <laughs> oh, uh, uh, um, those are um, they're simply family that are here to um, to um, they're here to to watch the spectacle unfold, <laughs> and they both she kind of she just kind of clams up straight away. They're very interested in um, who will be betrothed to our 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 our, our sweet uh, our sweet cherub now. Uh, out the door, and she's trying to, she's trying to shuffle you out. And as you're kind of being forced out the threshold, you just spy in just a corner of the room. There's a, a bookie taking bets on who's going to die. Uh, Declan, can I roll for a history of the ornate mask and the kind of like the garb and the situation? Yes, of course. Can. If I know anything about that, okay. Okay, thir- thirteen. So this uh, this professor, like on 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 taking stock of the masks. You have a a flashback to your former life as a as a living fleshbag academic, uh, as opposed to <laughs> an, 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 an autotomatic monocle one. You remember reading several books uh, in the Tezrab Library's restricted section. On seeing the masks, you have a flashback to a particular page that depicted the goddess Hadana in all her beautiful form at a rather... Um, how do I describe this? A physical activity that involved a lot of people, but no clothes, <laughs> but masks. <laughs> oh, gee. Do, am I? Is the professor reading between the lines, or is that literally what he remembers? <laughs> is that a lot of people naked, but not really remembering what they were doing naked? Yes. Yeah. It's more because okay. it's the masks that you were kind of drawn to. 
it, it, ha it hadn't awoken anything in you at that point, but you had made a note to go back and research those pages specifically. But, it, <laughs> but this was also the night of the accident. So, you know, fate and all that. <laughs> As you're led out, uh, in, back out into the, the courtyard and led to the eastern garden, uh, it's a hedgerow path, uh, meaning that rather angular, uh, high shrubbery has been trimmed and pruned like a hedgerow maze, but this is one clear path that takes very sharp angles left and right. Occasionally you hear just kind of an excited kind of giggle out of Daphne and Monty, who kind of look back over their shoulders. Up ahead you hear what sounds like a stone rolling, heavy scratching sounds. And just as you clear the hedgerow path uh, out into this area, you see rising uh, from the ground huge 20-foot stone walls that settle into place and you are led into a round alcove about 30 feet wide and standing there with a large golden chest is Chives, the, the family butler. As you all merge out onto the circular courtyard, you see at one end a simple passageway. It's not a door, it's not nothing. But there is, as you fix your eyes on it, just sort of a shimmer rolling and falling and rising between the, the two stone pillars. And Monty wiggling his fingers with glee and Daphne kind of following behind him, pulling up the trail of her gown. They kind of dash towards the chest and you hear just a thick, heavy snapping of clasps as the chest is rolled back. They step around to reveal two very simple looking gauntlets. They're silver in nature. There's a little bit of gold plating around the edges of the fingertips, the knuckles. Sort of just under the ring index and middle finger, you see three recesses. Not unlike another gauntlet from a different franchise, uh, but this one only has three <laughs> missing parts. Clapping, clapping his hands uh, uh, and kind of half bouncing up and down and Daphne is just kind of trying to rub his back and kind of calm him and it's like, Monty, remember what the doctor said? Your heart can't take this kind of excitement. It's the reason why we've had to slow things down. Monty takes a breath. Of course, of course, Dita, you are, you are you're most correct. Would the scooters please present themselves? With that, I will again look to uh, Bethany for reassurance and I will step forward and I will say, uh, 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 yes, I, I am one of your uh, suitors. Mm -hmm. Then, sir, please choose a gauntlet. They're identical, except one's left-handed and one's right-handed. I shall take the left hand. You slip your hand into the gauntlet, and it's a little snug, like it's a little tight. And you even have to kind of wedge your fingers into it. And there's also sort of, it's, it's a bit wet in here. Like, this is not a brand new, fresh gauntlet. Yeah, you, as you kind of, like, more or less sausage your fingers into the glove, you feel it's kind of squeeze. The, the iron actually gets tighter. And then, entirely involuntarily, your hand closes in a fist and then opens. And suddenly the gauntlet is a much nicer fit. It feels as if it's been made specifically for you. <laughs> Jojo, Ranchi, uh, and Professor Monty and Daphne are kind of like hands out gesturing at the other gauntlet and looking at the three of you. Um, and of you delightful um, gentlemen, who, who who is the, the lucky so-and-so that is vying for our dear Amelia's hand in marriage? I push Ranchi and go, here you go, buddy! It's something. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you would never last like two seconds in here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 
You, you're right, Jojo. <laughs> oh, <I don't> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that was the most real. <laughs> That's as real as it gets. Man. I felt that. Yeah, Jojo just had one of those like life affirming moments. So he's like, I gotta change my ways, man. Like, like I, I like, like I'm, I'm, sm- I'm smiling at him, nodding, but like my eyes are kind of like that that thing where you're thinking about something else. Like, like man, that was rough. <laughs> I gotta get some like flowers and wine from like a fucking petrol shop on the way home. Or I, gas station. Gas station. <laughs> what the, oh god, I said petrol <laughs> shop again. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I'm gonna be getting this out of the podcast. Pet um, roll? What's a pet roll? Shut up. Like, is that like a dog treat or something? <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, stepping forward, JoJo, you take the, the glove from the box. Where the sergeant found it a bit snug, you find yours a bit loose. Sliding your hand in, it feels, it does, there's definitely, this has been worn before, and it's a bit crunchy, uh, is the word I would use to describe the, oh, the feeling it has on your hands as you kind of push through it a little bit. It's, you know what, you know, it's kind of crunchy, like uh, like that sock the teach you still use a lot, because I was banging his wife so much. <laughs> teach to I was going to try to warn you, Jojo, about the glove, but... No, go ahead. Put it on. Let's see what happens. You, uh, you never had trouble shoving things into other things. Right? <laughs> you, um, yeah, Jojo, sliding your hand into the glove, uh, you push through the kind of the crunchy texture, and immediately uh, your hand closes of its own volition, forming a fist. Then the the fingers relax, and you you can move your hand freely as the the gauntlet is now a perfect fit daphne and monty both their faces are just beaming with elation as they see the both of you uh, now fully equipped excellent 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 of, of of course your delightfully colorful companions will will be able to accompany you into the gauntlet it wouldn't you know last as long if there wasn't support there to keep you alive now you will face three trials and then he he kind of oh We'll get to that in a moment. Pardon me, pardon me. Um, Allow me, and he gestures behind the six of you, allow me to introduce you to my my daughter and the the young woman whose hand you wish to take in most holy matrimony. Uh, As the six of you turn uh, around or glance over your shoulder, you see traipsing uh, up the hedgerow path rather melancholically a young woman very very pale almost as if she has powdered herself in a way to accentuate uh, her own paleness dressed in black a rather fine heavy black veil draped over her face in her arms she carries uh, a black cat with dark yellow eyes raven raven diehard I assume you are the miscreants that my parents so delightfully wish for me to bind myself to forever. I don't know about forever, sweetheart, but you'll have at least five minutes. She she glances over your shoulder, Jojo, at her father, and then kind of just like with one hand points at you. And I was like, really? <laughs> really? And she's just looking around. It's almost like that, that, that you know, breaking the fourth wall. She's just looking around and kind of like, <laughs> somebody somewhere, please help me. <laughs> 
you are, you are most uh, correct, your, your, your ladyship. These are indeed miscreants, but I am here to fight for your honour. I hope I do you proud. Well, I suppose if I was to pick anybody to marry Father the Geriatric, who probably has the better part of three years left uh, <laughs> on his eternal clock, would be my choice too. I cough into my hand. Zimp! Zimp! <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Hearing her description of her father, Bethany's eye kind of twitches. And uh, she curtsies with this super fake smile and it's like, ma'am, you are looking at your future daughter-in-law. But may I ask, why are you dressed as if you're going to a funeral? Um, I would be most perplexed to mother a child as astute as you. Uh, I'm dressed in black because it's custom, and she looks at her mother and father, to wear black when we are in mourning. And I recently lost my aunt. Oh no, you lost your aunt? Uh, we are terribly sorry for your loss. Oh, ma'am, my deepest condolences. Father, I... You and mother can continue to entertain yourselves with your games. I feel a, a faint coming on me. Would you mind if I was to retire and just spend my evening with Fluffy? And she gives the cat uh, just a kind of a, a pet on the head. Uh, Monty kind of nods at her. Until one of you probably makes it out alive. But I won't be holding my breath. Well, that was Amelia. That's your wife. Uh, possible wife. She's normally a little more optimistic, but the, the recent loss of her, of, her, of her dear aunt, well, we say aunt, we're not really sure. The whole family, the, the waters get a bit muddied, really, if you delve into the family tree a little bit. We say aunt, she's possibly a cousin, or maybe my sister, I don't really know. And they, like Daphne and himself, chortle. Oh, I got it. The family tree doesn't branch out. Just like the sudsy dragon over there. <laughs> um, Buttercup now just has like a foamy beard of her own saliva, like just hanging from her lower jaw. One of you, l lucky gentlemen, will have the the opportunity to get to know Amelia and her more uh, redeeming qualities. Uh, should you make it through the gauntlet, the rules of which are very, very simple. And my right hand man and. I, I would say best friend, but that would blur the lines between employer and employee, and I'm not really comfortable going there. Chives, and he gestures at the tiefling. Very good, sir. There are three trials that you and your companions may attempt. You will have by now hopefully noticed in the gauntlet that there is three recesses. Your mission is to acquire a crystal from each trial. On the successful completion of the gauntlet, the suitor who has acquired not one, not two, but three crystals shall take the good Lady Amelia Raven Direheart's hand in holy matrimony. When you are ready, please begin to make your way through the gates and he gestures at the stone pathway and the, the the place where you see that shimmering light. To prevent any sort of hijinks or interference in the competition, you will be stepping into a very brief pocket dimension of which you are probably most likely going to be exposed to life-altering chemicals and various waves. 
of energy. But you did read all that in the paperwork that Miss Graypurse had you sign. She didn't actually read that. Uh, y- yes, and in- indubitably. Uh, uh, and I sort of, again, look to Beth for insurance. You said it was safe to sign it, Daddy. Trust me, darling. It'll it'll all be fine. We'll 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 be absolutely fine. I'll 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 take care of you. Uh, She crosses her arms in a huff and just stops looking at him. You should come join my team. The old man probably couldn't carry you if his life depended on it. Oh, and I'm sure you can. I'll let you know, you little rapscallion. I will let you know. I will absolutely spank your bottom if you keep acting like this. Oh. You've been most rude to me, to the Lord and Ladyship, and to my daughter, most of all, the most offensive. So I will let you know right now, sir. You shall not, you will not speak to me or my family in such a way. Just behind my dad's back, I blow a kiss at Jojo. <laughs> number one, I look back at Ranchi. Number one thing you gotta do is get the father's disapproval. I, I pull out a, a piece of parchment and a piece of charcoal and I'm furiously jotting that down. Monty and Daphne had stepped to the side just as Chives was explaining all of this to to, to the six of you. The trials are uh, benchmarked at the Lord and Lady Direheart's request. And now as you kind of look up uh, at these walls, you see uh, dotted across uh, the walls are these rather large polyhedral purple crystals that move slowly. Their guests have provided us with additional inter-challenges that you all may undertake and possibly win something that may aid you on your quest or your miserable lives thereafter. Before we begin the first trial, the trial of the love muscle, your first riddle is... (laughs) I can't be bought, but I can be stolen with a glance. I am worthless to one, but priceless to two. What am I? Daddy, daddy. And I, I, I whisper in his ear, daddy, daddy, I think it's love. So, so with that, I go, oh, uh, um, uh, 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 I, I, I believe the answer is uh, love. Yes, love. Monty stepped forwards, clapping. Oh, good show. Very, very good show. Very, very, uh, very uh, wise of you, young sir. And he nods at you, Bethany. Uh <laughs> Most astute of you to uh, to decipher the first of the many riddles that you will encounter in the, in the gauntlet. Uh, from his pocket, he takes out uh, a golden coin and it catches in the, the light from the torches that are burning on the walls. On it, you just see a heart. Marvellous. Bitcoin is doing quite well at the moment. <laughs> it's actually one of those dog coins. <laughs> uh, Bethany, you have won a lucky coin. Just for the sake of explaining it, and for me being able to pretend that I know the rules for D&D and stuff, when you make a skill check, attack roll, or a saving throw, you may instead roll 2d20. If the result is an even number on both d20, it is the equivalent of a nat 20. If one d20 is even and one odd, you automatically pass the check. But if both d20s are odd numbers, it's the equivalent of a nat 1. And on both sides of the coin, you see a heart on one side, it's a full heart. On the other side, it's a broken heart. I uh, I excitedly snatch it from Charles's hand and I'm just looking at it. I'm, oh, Daddy, it's so beautiful. I'm so terribly proud of you, my dear. You're so intelligent. And then I look to uh, Joey. Uh, no, what's your character? Joey. <laughs> Jojo. The, yeah, Jojo the Alpha. And I say, ha ha ha, as they say, suck it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm terribly sorry. I got a little excited. Very well done, my dear. Very well done. And with that, the first trial of the gauntlet, Love's Muscle, can begin. When your companions enter, you will find yourselves in your disclosed pocket dimension. There, you will not be able to interfere, see, touch, or smell your opposing team. However, you may still communicate and share such witty repartees as the Sergeant Bubbles did a moment ago uh, with his very witty pronouncement that you may indeed suck at it, Mr. Jojo. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Chive's gestures at the the gateway. I literally turn around and go, last one in, the dirty old halfling, and I jump backwards into it, giving him double fingers. I hurriedly (laughs) rush past and go, I'm not a halfling, as I dive in. I slump my head and shuffle my feet forward as I go slowly towards the portal. <laughs> I, I, I look to Bethany and I say, if you would excuse my language, dear daughter, there is something they used to say in the army, and that was, shit before the shovel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that and I link his arm to prepare to walk through the portal. Uh, as the groups cross over the cross through the portal rather, everybody uh, give me an initiative roll because this is this is the way it's going to work. You'll all roll for initiative and then I will add your team's initiative scores together. Effectively, that team will go first and your team will will go in the order of your initiative. And then one once one team is finished their actions, it goes to the other team. They'll perform their actions. And back and forth. I got a 17. And I got a 20. I got a 19. 19? I got a natural 20. Okay. <laughs> I'm not cheating, I swear. Or, well, it's uh, 20 plus your dex, right? So that's 22 okay. for me. Don't pull a Kumar. I'm not cheating. I'm not <laughs> pulling a Kumar, I swear. <laughs> to, to counter for Timmy's amazing right. roll, I got a 9. Okay. Buttercup? Natural 1. <laughs> oh. Okay. I have no so, interest. Do you add anything to that, you guys? Yeah, you can add three if you want. <laughs> no, we're good. Um, <laughs> that means Team Orky Shore, you are up first. <laughs> but as as both so groups cro- cross the the threshold of this portal, you find yourselves standing in a perfectly square space. When you look back over your shoulder to see, you know, where's the other team? Where's the Direhearts? Where's that delightful, if slightly salty, butler? It's just a, it's just brick wall behind you. There, smack dad in the, the centre of this room, you see a 45-foot pole, atop of which a large bird's nest there is nothing else uh, in the room. Professor, you're up first. Sorry, I was I was hoping that this uh, this would take me to the shadow realm, but it looks like I'm here. Uh, oh God. Well, we all know where this is going, Jojo. Just fling me up there. We know this is what's going to happen. Give me your hand. Let's do this. 
maybe maybe so I, I kind of <laughs> maybe we want to tie him with uh some so i start rope doing like do we have rope i do have rope and a yeah, rock yeah he bought rope so that i can yep I, I i tell you man i put you I, might I, give tie him, me. I give him all my money and he spends it wisely for me i take the rope and tie it around myself and I fully expect Jodo to, to kind of like spin the rope around and fling it up to the top of the flagpole. Um, I, <laughs> I, 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 I grab him into my hands. I throw my leg up like a uh, like uh, one of your fancy uh, pitchers, and I throw him up to the very high end of the pole. So it's basically it's a ranged weapon attack is what you're doing here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> throwing him like a shitty javelin. Yes, we'll we'll just say roll. Roll for teach as if he was your javelin. Perfect, because uh, I have a javelin. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you should tie me to the end of the javelin. <laughs> <laughs> like Ant- like Ant-Man? Like I could ride the javelin like, up. Like Ant-Man on Hawkeye. <laughs> the whole... um, you nat 20 it. Oh! Uh, <laughs> oh! Oh my god. Professor, you tie the rope around yourself and rather deflated... Uh, you look up at Jojo, who beams down at you with um, malevolent glee as he picks you up, uh, squares back his shoulder, squats low to the ground, squeezes his glutes, and then thrusts you forward. And you find yourself soaring through the air. And as you are sent hurtling upwards, uh, just as you reach the edge of the nest and you see this thing has been made of, it's not twigs uh, and grass, this is like, chunks of bark and large branches they're half asleep as you land you see a pair of vader fonier which are these jet white large birds that as you land glistening around them you just see light bend and refract and sparkle they haven't noticed you I immediately puke up some straw <laughs> from being hurdled <laughs> meters or feet or however high up into the air. So is is it just the birds there? You, give me a give me a perception check. And Ronchi, is there anything you want to do at this point? I know you had the rope and you passed it over and stuff like that, but is there any a particular action you want to take? Not at the moment. I'm just kind of standing there with my two yellow eyes looking in an opposite directions as my tongue flicks out and starts licking my eye. <laughs> Ronchi, 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 you're doing that thing. It's fucking creepy. The girls fucking hate it. Knock it off. But it itches. Is uh, perception set in intelligence Wis- or wisdom? Wisdom. 13. It takes you uh, kind of a moment after throwing up uh, to kind of regain composure, teach staring at these birds you see they are they're nested on top of each other and there you go they're kind of in a little embrace but there betwixt the claws of one of the birds you see a shiny pink stone i think to myself well this could be it i could finally die <laughs> and i try to take the stone from in between them okay give me your sleight of hand check that would be a seven <laughs> Uh, okay, Ronchi and uh, Jojo, you can't see the professor anymore, You, but you see <laughs> the rope sort of, you know, shimmy and, and bob and weave as he moves. And then both of you hear, just echoing and reverberating off the four walls in this square, shrill screams. Because, Professor, as you, <laughs> as you reach to touch the crystal hugged under the talons of this bird, both birds their eyes open and at either sides of their head you see three eyes blink and turn in unison we turn to team bubbles 
I will uh, just sort of survey the room, look at the, the pole, the nest above, and I go, ha, ah, very good, I, I, I know this old trick. And I, 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 I let go of uh, Bethany's hand, and I go over to the pole, and I just shake it furiously <laughs> with all of my might. Okay, so get, get, get. Jesus Christ. Hey, hey, no shit. There's no shit with that. I was going to do the same thing. Good on you. <laughs> Why did I even bother planning how to like successfully complete these tasks? Well, I did not expect you to throw a companion or even shake the pole. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a fucking vending machine. What else like, would we do? <laughs> get the out of it. Okay. I don't know if you <laughs> noticed, but my intelligence is uh, ten. <laughs> and your character. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, oh uh, Sergeant Bubbles, give me an athletics check. As you grip the pole, it is very greasy. It is as greasy as uh, JoJo's hairline. Ooh, that's greasy. <laughs> that's pre- that's pretty greasy. Oh, uh, seventeen. Oh Jesus. Okay. Um, I just need to just do a quick roll to see if I win. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I rolled an eighteen, and what you managed to do, Bubbles and Bethan and uh, Buttercup, uh, you see. Um, the sergeant, the good sergeant, step forward, grab the pole, and just, oh, I can't. He starts shaking it furiously, and <laughs> branches and dirt and debris, feathers, all fall from it. All three of you hear a squawking sound, and then the sound of wings flapping. Peering over the side of the nest are these two large birds. Buttercup, you know what, they, instinctively, you know what they are. They're kind of cut from the same cloth as you as in that they're freaks they're they're they're, they're vader fulnir uh almost semi-magical birds i just start laughing and i'm just like you dumb shits are in trouble okay i'm not gonna rule for the birds initiative (laughs) (laughs) with with sergeant bubbles still trying to shake the nest and the birds looking down uh bethan buttercup is there anything either of you'd like to do at this point yes I would like to cast uh, Dissonant Whispers on one of the birds. So they have to make a DC 14 Wisdom saving throw. What level are you casting this at, sorry? First level. Uh, so with a six, the bird fails. What What do you whisper uh, to the bird? I whisper quietly so that my father doesn't hear me. You stupid shit. Jeez. <laughs> Okay. And they take 12 psychic damage. Uh, and they have to move as far away from me as possible, as, the, as their speed can take them. Okay, um, the bird immediately, it, 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 it lets out a screaming kind of caw as its head rolls around. Taking a look at its mate, it sheds a single tear like a dove and then flies straight up away from you. Um, buttercup. Alright, yeah, fuck it. Actually, no. So I hate these guys unless they're making me do things. Can I just like turn into a centipede and start like wiggling away? <laughs> you want to leave? I want to leave. Okay. You <laughs> shift into a centipede and just start uh, crawling your way down uh, Bethany's back. You're like, fuck this. I'm out of your peace. <laughs> Sergeant Bubbles, as you continue to vigorously shake the greasy pole. The grease, sorry, yeah, the greasy <laughs> pole. The, the other bird gives you just like a filthy look uh, as it bomb dives straight towards you with its beak and talons uh, an 18 to hit uh oh that just hit uh you take eight damage uh as it slices into you with its uh razor sharp beak then though it keeps diving and it hits the ground with a thud uh, as it was too slow in in stopping itself uh, and i rolled a nat one as it went to hit you with its talons so it crashed into the ground 
it's slightly dazed, you can give me a free unarmed strike against the Vader Fulnir. Oh, nice. I will just stomp on it. Um, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> wow. Um, a 14 to hit. Uh, no, uh, you do not. God damn it. You go to kind of stomp and kick, but the, the bird manages to kind of roll out of the way. It is over to the professor. I'm assuming the gem is just like a no-go. So I just fling myself off the edge of the nest with the assumption that the terminal velocity of a burlap sack full of straw is not very fast and it won't kill me when I reach the bottom. So Jojo and Ron GD, you watched as the professor throws himself from the nest, uh, screaming, please, for the love of gods, let me die. Uh, <laughs> give me uh, athletics or acrobatics uh, check uh, to aid you in your gliding descent. I swear to God, I'm not cheating. I got a 19 plus my dex is two. Like one of those flying squirrels, JoJo and uh, Raunchy, you watch as the professor opens arms and legs, catches an updraft uh, as a flap of burlap is lifted, and he wafts and glides in a descending circle around the pole. Uh, it's it's actually quite beautiful to watch. It's it's the you know it's the. I'm I'm just imagining him like Mar- uh, Marilyn Monroe on the grate, where he's just like holding down on like a little dress of burlap. Yes, and just, like, yes, that, that's exactly what's happening. I <laughs> <laughs> will make that canon. As you watch the the professor glide from the nest, following kind of hot on his tail are two white silver birds that are diving towards the the three of you. Are these birds in longsword kind of range? Not at this moment. They'd certainly be in range if you had, like, a crossbow or a shortbow to shoot them. Well, I do have a crossbow. Did I say crossbow? Um, Yeah, give me (laughs) an attack roll. I mean, obviously an eight hits. Uh, it does. It hits the wall um, as you misfire, <laughs> and a, uh, a cartoon. At least it didn't hit me. <laughs> Cartoonishly, it uh, again. It does that thing where it ricochets off the walls, and everyone's ducking and diving. The birds are ducking and diving midair, and then it cracks and splinters. Uh, any bonus actions? I'm I'm just gonna put my head down and be like, "Oh man, I missed it completely." Are they within range of uh, my net attack? See, they're going after you, so... So if I just throw it up in front of them, technically they, they'll do the work for me. Yes. I tell you what, you can throw uh, yeah, throw the net and see what happens. Okay. All right, stand back. Here comes the net! With the, the edge of the net in, uh, in your hands, uh, Jojo, you swing. It unfurls uh, like one of those viral videos where you see a fisherman in Mongolia you know, throwing it out and casting it. It looks beautiful. But it, it goes wide as the birds manage to outmaneuver your delicate, beautiful casting. Uh, bonus action? Yeah. If, if, if it's almost to draw from his ancestors' years of toiling and battle and warring, Jojo magnificently pulls out a javelin with the other hand and throws it up at the bird as well. Oh my god. A one? <laughs> And that one, it, it, I, I like. I like how the game was like. Don't feel bad. It's plus seven. <laughs> Doesn't matter, asshole. <laughs> With that sort of dexterous movement, you whip the net around, reach for the javelin uh, over your shoulders, whip it as you throw the the javelin. Just kind of slides out from your hand as the hair gel acts as a natural lubricant, and it flies straight through the air. 
and it pins the professor to the opposite wall. <laughs> and oh. the professor, it's it's going. You didn't take any. It, it caught the edge of your burlap sack. It missed all your hay innards. But it's going to take you a turn to unpin yourself from the wall. The the birds <laughs> are now going to try and eat your eyeballs. Uh, everybody else. So Jojo, that is a 24 to hit and an 11. So the first one I assume hits, the second one won't. And that is 10 straight damage as it dives at you with its uh, its beak uh, and bites down uh, into your rather muscular tanned forearm. It goes to scratch at you with its talons. But again, your hair is so finely combed that it its, hand, its claws are just running through your hair with relative ease that it can't catch skin as there's a barrier of hair product protecting ah! you. And Raunchy, oh my god, I rolled in that one. Uh, Raunchy. The other uh, Vader Falnir swoops down at you as you look up at it and you meet its eyes and your tongue just kind of flicks away from your left eyeball, unblinking, of course. It realises it's staring into the face of something horrific and you have a free attack with your longsword on it. Okay, let's see how that goes. 17. That will hit. You can roll for damage. Woo! Yeah, bro. Get it, bro. Alright, that's a nine. And with Jojo spurring you on, you quickly reach for your longsword, which to Jojo is a short sword. You lunge straight at it and you manage to stick it in under its wing. It shakes its head and it kind of flies back a little bit. uh, And they're both kind of hovering in the air regarding the both of you. Jojo, the one that's looking at you is just, it's perplexed and it's kind of sniffing at its talons, wondering what the hell the material on its claws is. Professor, from where you're pinned... You can see that the bird that attacked Raunchy D, it didn't strike with its talons because it is still clutching the shiny pink stone. Cut to Team Bubbles and Sergeant Europe. I will wipe my hands on my thighs, I suppose. And then I will grab my glaive and I will make two attacks on the bird in front of me. Okay. So first one is 11. That won't hit. Guessing that's in there. No. And then the next one is... 19. That does hit. Okay, and then also I get to make a bonus attack uh, with the other end of the glaive. Uh, it's a 12. So no, it doesn't. No. no, okay, so the one attack, and then that is uh, 11 damage. Uh, with it still kind of half-dazed, doing that weird seagull bob on the ground, you swing out with the glaive, and you, you aim to take its head off its shoulders. It brings its wing up in defense, and you slice through feather and bone. It lets out a squawk as it stumbles forward. Uh, just as you swing your glaive around to clock it with the other end, it swoops out of the way. Uh, so I I already did my bonus okay. action and I I missed. But what I will say, if I I suppose it's a free action, is just to say to uh, Bethany, get in close, my dear. Okay, and Bethany, you're up. <laughs> I say to to Buttercup, Buttercup, get up there and see what is in that nest. And I'm going to cast Mind Sliver on this remaining bird. So they have to do uh, an intelligence saving throw at 14. Okay. Uh, That's a nine. So no, it fails. You can roll for damage. So it takes nine damage. And before the end of my next turn, any other time it has to make a DC saving throw, it has to roll a D4 and minus it from it. Okay. Uh, Any bonus actions? Yes, I am going to use Quicken Spell. And I'm going to do Mind Sliver again to cast it as a bonus spell and it'll have to do a a minus D4 on its intelligence save. Okay. Um, (laughs) So make sure you spend the the meta magic points for that. 
there's like that video of that kid using pot of greed 13 times in a row. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's not how the game works. So it's, it passed until you did that D4 thing and now it has failed. So roll for damage. This is I... So it takes another seven damage and again on its next saving throw it has to mi- minus a D4. Okay. With Sergeant Bubbles barking in order to you to get in close, um, she literally walks up to it does the Professor X thing where, you know, she puts her hands to her temples and then stares at the birds with concentration. And the bird starts kind of whacking its head off the ground as Bethany casts Mind Sliver at it twice. And you see that it's, 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 it's head, like there's a little bit of blood coming out of one of its eyes as, as Bethany uh, hits it for two psychic attacks. Buttercup, it's up to you. Okay, so getting my instructions. There's just like an angry little centipede on Bethany's back and just like a little but then I shift into a bat and very reluctantly start flying up to the nest to see what's in there okay what's your flying speed as a bat 40 you'll make it just kind of up to the nest but you won't be able to see into it just yet all right with bubbles barking at Bethany Bethany barks at you and just as you crawl out down her pant leg and out onto the ground uh, she gives you a dirty look, com- demands that you turn into you know, something useful and get up to the nest. And you shift in from a green centipede into a green bat. You hiss something at her uh, in a vessel that we can't say on air because it would be censored. And you <laughs> literally barrel roll straight up into the air, kind of flapping up. The other bird still has to stay in the air because of Bethany being a psychopath. <laughs> but the one that she is staring at like an idiot is going to try and scratch out her eyeballs. And I rolled a nat 20. How how, how close is, is Bethany to me? Well, you're kind of on top. Oh, God damn it. Uh... <laughs> oh, that is, that is, that is fantastic. That is fantastic. So I think what I'd like to do is I'd like to use a warding maneuver, which means that a creature within five feet of me, if, they, if they're targeted by a creature as a reaction, I can make them roll a 1d8 and minus that from their attack roll. And even if she gets hit, she has resistance to that damage. Okay, so it's still a nat 20. And it's the same. No, totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But she'll have resistance to the damage, which I'm going to be really mad about now because I was going to be able to do a shitload of damage to her really quickly. So it would have been 24 damage. With my nat 20s for attacks, you do the, the dice roll automatically. So you do one full d10. So it was 10 plus 10 plus 4, meaning 24. But because of warning maneuver, <laughs> you've... You just, uh, Bethan, as you, you're staring at this thing, you know, like a child does at pigeons in the park, it snaps out at you with its beak and it slices into your cheek. You just see, pinning it in place for a moment, is your father, Sergeant Bubbles, who has used the butt of his glaive to hold it in place, but take 12 damage. And we're back over to Team Orky Shore and the Professor. Well, I, I guess I spend the, my turn getting myself unpinned from the wall with this javelin. I yell out... Ronchi D, grab that crystal. Ronchi D, Ronchi D yells out, that's what she said. You fucking muppet, that's what we're going for. Grab it. Um, oh, hey, don't, no, 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 no need to use words like that. If anyone here is a muppet, it's kind of you. <laughs> Professor, you're wiggling yourself free and you fall the remaining kind of like three feet to the ground with a bit of a thud as you see that Ronchi D and Jojo are now fixing their gaze on the bird that's attacking Ronchi. They're still in the air, right? And they're, they're, they're within five feet of you to a swing with the longsword if you wanted to go for that. Okay, I swing for the bleachers. Right. Holy fuck, 25. Uh, okay, yeah, that, that'll, that, that'll, that'll hit that poor fucking bird. <laughs> Did I mention that the, this is an endangered species, by the way? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's gonna be after Ranchi D's done with him. Um, that's a seven. Uh, you lunge forward with it, yeah, and stab at the bird, uh, and you kind of catch it just in its midriff. As it rears up, it brings its talons up in defense, and yeah, they're clutched. Uh, you see a glistening pink crystal that hums with magical energy. Bonus action. As a bonus action, could I possibly do sleight of hand to try to grab the crystal? Yeah, do so with disadvantage. That's a 10. Ah. So the bird is going to... Well, I'm going to be trying to beat your 10, effectively. Um, and I do so with a 15. Uh, you sweep in with your left hand to snatch at the crystal, but the, the Vertilfonier knew or kind of preempted your attack, and it sort of twists in the air, kind of maneuvering... Uh, out of your reach, Jojo. <clears throat> All right, here we go. I, I want to do something, and I really hope I roll well, because what I just thought of is, yeah. Okay, so I, I pick up my net and I throw it at the the one that has the crystal, crystal. yes. Yeah! <laughs> 21 will hit. It's strange, yeah. So uh, attacks on it until it gets out are at advantage. Or really, anything on it okay. is on an advantage. So, okay, yeah. great. Um, so, <laughs> um, oh god, I think I know where well, this is going to go. I take out my morning star and I fucking smack the net. I knew that. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Roll with advantage to do that awful thing to that poor bird. So a twenty or a twenty-six <laughs> will definitely do this. You can uh, roll hell. your damage. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, eight damage. Okay. The professor and Ronchi G, you watch as Jojo ensnares the bird in a net and immediately bring the net to the ground <laughs> and with his free hand, draw his morning star and immediately full on club uh, the bird straight on the head, who weakly tries to shield its skull from the morning star uh, with its wings. Just as Jojo brings the uh, the morning star down with a sickening crack. The other bird just yells out, Jason, no! Wait, wait, wait a second! She lets out a scream um, as you club her fiancé uh, with the, the Morningstar. Bonus action? Okay, is, is, is that is that bird dead? No, it's, I mean, it's dazed uh, as hell, and his fiancé is screaming her bird head off, but Jason the uh, Vertilfonier is still, is still conscious. Uh, I look up at the other bird and I go, you sound like a chick. I won't hurt you as much. And then I smack him again with the morning star. Okay. Really thought this was going to go in a different direction, but sure. I can see how this character is a real stretch for you to play, Joe. Haha. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> um, with the... Oh yeah, you're, wow. you're, doing so, you're doing so with advantage, so you can roll, uh, you roll it again. Yeah. Oh, no. oh my god. Okay. Uh, so roll roll your uh, mace because a nat twenty uh, is going to be interesting. So um, your normal attack with the the morning star is a d eight, so it's eight plus four plus three, so that's fifteen damage. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jojo, as you look on at Jason's fiance Beth. You club him for a second time, and again, unable to get away from the net, there's just a thud, and Jason closes his eyes, Beth lets out a scream, and the crystal uh, from his talons rolls free. Well, I guess that's why you don't call us heroes. (laughs) 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 Ah!
Ah, just murder hobo. Oh, wait, you were doing a line thing. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you've got the... You scoop down to pick up the crystal. Uh, immediately in your uh, your gauntlet, the crystal, like a magnet, flits and rolls and sets itself into uh, the first hole in the gauntlet. As the, the crystal sets itself in the glove, Sergeant Bubbles, you feel the, the, glove, the gauntlet on your hand squeeze tight as the recess closes shut. And in front of both groups, the Vordalfurnier, the pole, the nest, the damage that was wroth in your assault fades away like an illusion. But uh, the Professor, Ronchi D and Jojo, in your ears, you hear just an echoing faded, Jason, no, please open your eyes, Jason, please. As Beth, the Vordalfurnier, <laughs> tries to cradle her fiancé. In front of both groups, a wall uh, lowers. There is a shimmering light and out steps Chives, the, the tiefling butler. Well done. You have completed the first trial of the Gauntlet of Love. We move on to the second trial, Heart's Desire. But first, another riveting riddle. I am an endless chain, a promise and a vow made golden. Once you have me, you are bound for life. What am I? Raunchy, Raunchy D immediately blurts out, Herpes! <laughs> <laughs> Chives just shakes his head and then remembers that, oh god, yeah, I need to get that checked. Daddy, I know, I know. Uh, uh, y- y- yes, Bethan, please, uh, uh, go ahead. I seem to be the only one getting everything right. It's a ring. Very good. It is indeed a ring. Some say there are three rings to wedded life. The engagement ring, the wedding ring, and the supper ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from his pocket, he pulls out a small velvet-lined box, and he presents to you a ring of flame resistance. Oh dear, I'm, I'm, I'm so very proud of you. You're very, very clever. I'm, I'm, I'm so incredibly proud of you. Well, considering how badly you did, Daddy, I am taking this ring. Oh, oh, I, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> are you, are you all proceeding through the the portal to the next room? Yes. Yep. I would like to take Teach and just bean him through the portal first as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> this goes well for the next room, actually. Uh, Jojo, as you grip Teach like a baseball and and chuck him through. You feel the just energy coursing from the gauntlet as you were bestowed the first boon, Love's Muscle, and you gain a plus one to your strength, dex, and constitution. That is disgusting. <laughs> well, you should have won the first challenge. As an incredibly, competi- <laughs> as an incredibly competitive person, I'm absolutely horrified. <laughs> um... Just uh, with the professor being chucked through the portal and Ron, G.D. and Jojo snickering away to themselves, Chives rolls his eyes and Bethan nudges her father while Buttercup considers flying into the wall headfirst and putting herself out of her misery. <laughs> you all step into a room. Again, you don't see your, you don't see the rival team. The portal closes behind you with a heavy thud. In the centre of the room, there is just a, there's just a hole and there's an intense heat emanating from it. On the walls, uh, written in every language known in the world, are three sentences. True love's desire, 
a sacrifice we require. Toss an ally in the fire. And we'll leave the episode there. I know what you're thinking, but have some faith. As valiant, well, as foolhardy as these would-be suitors are, I have not given up hope that I will have my freedom, and neither should you. The Love Gauntlet features special guests Sean, Joe, and Tim from the Don't Call Us Heroes podcast. Make sure you check out their website, dcuhshow.com. And for behind-the-scenes gossip, news, and thought-provoking posts, make sure you're following us on D8 Dungeon and all social media channels. Are we... Is everybody back? Are we good? Well, we're back anyway. <laughs> yeah. I never said this would be a good crossover, Sean. I just said we were doing one. Oh, no, 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 no. Crossover is great. I'm just saying individually, <laughs> are we good? Like on a metaphysical level. Yeah, that checks out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> spiritually, I'm dead on the inside. Um, 